0: This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi friends, welcome to the Mom Curious Podcast. I'm Daniela Rabani and I am joined by Dr. Raquel Martin, who is a prolific speaker, uh, psychologist, educator. She has devoted so much of her life and private practice to empowering uh, the black community in mental wellness. I have learned so much from you, Dr. Raquel Martin. I'm like such a fangirl, Um, whether it's like on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram, I watched your Ted talk and I'm just like devouring your content. I know that there are, I, I know that we can all learn from you as a wellness professional, as a mental wellness professional. But I also know that like specifically for the people in this community who are black, who are raising black children, you offer such insight and that i could never provide and it is like such a privilege and honor to you know pass the mic to you and to let you educate on this really important and soulful topic around raising black children around being a black parent i am in such awe of all that you do really thank you so much
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I start most of our conversations by asking, who are you today? I mean, we have your bio. We know. We know your like your credentials. And of course, people, I hope you guys um, go do a deep dive into Dr. Martin's archives. But on a personal note, and and maybe professional, because I, I know that this is such a, a passion for you, mm-hmm. um, your professional life. Like, who are you today? I feel like women, we change. In every season,
1: um, I've been in a, a season of like being very scattered, lately. Mm. Um, with all of like the roles and the responsibilities and stuff has been like falling to the wayside. And I would say that's a that's a recurring theme. I would say at least for the last two or three months. Um, I actually mm-hmm. just got my laptop back today. It was in the shop, and um, because I didn't have my laptop and I didn't have my typical routine of checking emails at different time, in my mind I was like, oh. I'm not receiving emails, um, and that was not the case. Uh, so even just following up, like, why do I have all of these emails? Oh, because you didn't do your typical routine of checking your laptop at like nine and twelve and three, and mm. so you thought that you didn't have emails. So like, and even just being like, well, some some stuff you just gonna miss. Um, well, so it's typically really- pretty scattered lately
0: you have an 18 month old this is what I didn't understand like I am uh I'm like really deep when I tell you I'm really deep diving I'm really deep diving like I'm like going back all the way and you have been so steadfast in your output in your education in your message I had no idea you just have like a straight up toddler like an 18 month old and a a four-year-old underfoot
1: how are yeah. you doing
0: this? Um, we have a really good so we
1: we have a good support system. My my husband is also like um my my routine is more so like go 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 in terms of like being a psychologist. I have my private practice, being a professor, I teach four classes, and then I also meant I advise 30 students doing professional mm-hmm. speaking. And my husband just steps in. I remember uh not even step in, like he's already here, but like when my husband told me recently that he like took the boys he went to take them grocery shopping or something like that Mm -hmm. and he said some man stopped him and said wow babysitting and doing the uh chores a lot has changed and he was like man it's 2023 like what the heck these are my kids (laughs) like what do you mean babysitting it was just it's just so odd so like i have someone who we're partners that's just what it is he can't steal when i call him my partner but we're partners i think it just spouse and husband, i'm just like it just doesn't really give just nuance to like how much we work together but um he very much has a job where it's his like nine to five and well it's not nine to five but it's 40 50 hours a week so i'm able to kind of go at my pace because he has a normal job where he's not in and out of the state. I typically travel like twice a month for speaking engagements Amazing. um in addition to teaching. But the balance is for his job where he has to be there like he can get some justifications but he's an accountant so they have these crazy deadlines. Um with my job and having coursework, I can have for example um in next week they're having a field trip on Friday so I just cancel my whole day uh to do oh, my nice. son's field trip. But my husband could never do that. So it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a balance, but um, his family's here. They also help a lot. Uh, but even with that, uh, parenting is like quite the beast. I, I specialize in like family and traumatic stress. I'm still parenting in a way that is not the way I was parenting. I was parented. So it's still like very much a interesting perspective because there were some weekends where I didn't even see my mom. Like she was... Um, with her friends, I was with my grandma or I was Mm. with my great grandma or my aunts Mm. and stuff like that. Um, And it's still like very different than that, even with all the support we get. um, That's why so many people mention like, Oh, it takes a village. I was like, yeah, but you can still have a village and what you need shifts or your threshold shifts. um, And you still have to come up with some kind of supplementary thing because I, you know, my children are one, they're like one of my planets. And stuff like that they're not my world (laughs) and i love love my my job job. i love helping other people with their children and helping people as adults too so there's also that like yeah my children are great but like everything i do is not for them my god like there's no way
0: (laughs) well i feel like that would be too much pressure on them anyway right
1: it is too much pressure it's an inappropriate level of pressure that's when you get into the realm of like enmeshment and and parents start to get a little bit resentful when children start to have their own lives, which is really, it's appropriate, right? But I've seen some dynamics where like, you know, daughters or sons will start having their own romantic relationships in their own lives. And there's this thing of resentment from the parents. Um, And there's this whole mindset of like, I sacrificed everything for you. And children are like, I never asked you to do that. And it's appropriate for me to develop my whole life. Um, But when you spend so much time just solely with your children and you never really got a chance to figure out who you are outside of that it can feel like a betrayal and a Mm -hmm. shock um, Mm -hmm. when they start to have their own lives so and your children need to see you do other stuff they need to see priorities outside of them so they can have appropriate expectations for relationships too like they need to hear you say like oh no mama doesn't want to hug right now but i can think of i can give you one later Um, Oh, no, mama's not staying home right now. Mama's going to hang out with her friends. It's important to build all relationships. Oh, no, mama is not doing this right now. She really likes, you know, I'm going to help some other families with their kids. And then I'm going to be home at five and I will tuck you in, you know? So you can understand that there's so many things that are supposed to contribute to you. But when they think they're the end-all be-all of your life, a lot of times they think they're supposed to be that way with other people. Um, And that is not the case. Like your, your partners, I don't care if they have... Uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, anything. You are not their whole world. Mm-hmm.
0: No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you are not. You are not. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we, we got to, like, set them up for success
1: in that We way. have to set them up for success. We're growing whole humans. If we... I always sometimes I I'll hear people be like, you know, sometimes it sounds like you take parents so seriously. And I was like, I think more people need to take it more serious. And then they would be more reasonable in the decision if they're able to make that decision, whether or not to parent, Um, because it is one of the most you're putting on a whole generation of people. Um, It's one of the most serious jobs out there, which can feel overwhelming. You have a phase where you lose your identity. You're going to lose some aspect of your body. Um, You still have to function. And figure out a way to support yourself while supporting others. Mm. And it sounds like a lot because it is a lot. And there's no reason that you have to do it. You know, like when people, I'm very much aware that everyone doesn't get to make that choice. But if you are in a position, which unfortunately these days is a privileged position, and you're able to make that choice, take the time to think about whether or not you want to do that. You know, like it's, it's okay to say that you don't, I have two children. And when people say they don't want to have children, I'm like, I'm so happy that you're able to make that choice for you. No, this is just no. a choice I made for me. I think some people feel attacked in that decision. Um, But I, that actually says more about that person than the individual who shared that they did not want to have children. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm. it's curious. I'm wondering what made you react that way? What, what made you feel as though they just punched you in the throat? Cause you seem like you're throwing (laughs) shots right now and I don't understand.
0: Well, I think, I think it's because the programming in society is that women in particular are uh, really only as good as what we produce in terms of other human beings. Mm -hmm. I, I think we are breaking that societal chain. I think we really are in the midst of that. Even women like you and I, who have two children of our own saying it out loud that like, that doesn't, make me any better any worse any more and that has nothing to do with pretty much anything It doesn't. I, I just want to that's how i want to live my life yeah but there is still pretty loud voices in the in this country and i would say i'd say in the world where uh you know our worth is in our womb you know so if 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 we believe that and someone is saying, well, I, I, I call bullshit.
1: I yeah. understand
0: why, why that person would feel attacked, you know? Cause if you're like believing, um, uh, like brainwashing essentially.
1: It I is mean, brainwashing, right? It's the result of propaganda. I mean, it, it very much is the aspect of years apart, and I think also think it's hard for people to realistically, realistically think that they're going to be it's going to be easy to up in this propaganda. It's it's and when people think about propaganda, I asked my students this one time, I asked them this like for each of my courses and they mentioned like, oh, joining the war posters and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, I want you to think bigger. I want you to think about the times that you see women that look like you in media. I want you to think about the times that when you were growing up, you saw people that look like you or women having a job outside the home or you only saw men having a job. I want you to think about um. There's this one book by Ijoma Opar and she mentioned there was this women's magazine where the whole purpose was to villainize women being single like this was a this was a, a whole uh magazine and they were very much intentional on the messaging of this magazine is it is important for women to be in the home and it's dangerous for them to to uh to to, to have their own lives and it was a it was like it was was it housekeeping good housekeeping um Wow. It was one of those books and one yeah. of those magazines and it's, it's, it's intentional, right? So it's, it's of course, difficult for you to upend all of these years of programming. Like you're probably going to surprise yourself with some of your reactions. And I think that's okay because you know, it's a media and, and, and decades of this programming, it's going to take some time to figure out what you want or even realize that you don't know what you want and be okay with being scared with that. I think the issue comes when you attack others as a result of your lack of knowledge but i think it's normal to just be like you know even if you have a child be like i don't want anymore or there are times when i just want to be left alone these are all pretty normal things like children are just like you mentioned underfoot all the time my son earlier it was one speaking another one speaking and i was trying to figure out like one thing if somebody asked me what 1 plus 1 was i probably would have said 11 and i i, I, I literally told, well, him, good to I, I, told me. I was like hey baby i just need a second i can't i can't think um, when you're talking right now, like it was just really hard and it just gets, it's very loud. And a lot of times, honestly, I see a lot of parents and I experience this too. of having the juxtaposition of being so overstimulated and then also being bored out of their minds, you know, like, mm. I, it's like, I will be so overstimulated, but if I have to cut another crust off, if I have to, you know, wipe another, but like, it's the same routine. like, I'm going to
0: listen to the wheels on yeah. the bus. And I it's wanna- just like. One it's the
1: routine. same thing. And people are like, well, it should, you know, at least you're doing the same routine. And I'm like, that's, that's boring. That's yeah. boring. That's boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's so true. And I think like, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate almost that I, um, that I need that validation from a psychologist, from a doctor, from a literal doctor to say like, is it's boring. What do you yeah. mean? I I have a feeling people sit in your office and they say I I I I don't I don't enjoy you know doing Legos with my children and they mm-hmm. pathologize themselves and you have to literally say babe you're paying me hundreds of dollars an hour to tell you that cuz you're human.
1: Oh my gosh, I had a patient who she was she was She was like, oh, I want to share something with you, but I'm just really, it's just terrible and it's awful. And I was like, throw it at me, you know, like she was in there for therapy and she She was there for family and child therapy. And she was like, oh, just sometimes I am, and I'm just like leaning in, like, it's got to be murder. And she said, I am really annoyed by my daughter. And I said, oh, well, yeah, but that's because children can be annoying and she said, what? I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, did you have something? What? I'm sitting here thinking I'm about to be an accomplice or something. And you're, she, like her face, like one, her face like totally detensified, de-t- you know, after like, I said, yeah, that's because sometimes kids are annoying. But the fact, you would have thought she was about to tell me where she hid a body. I like mean,
0: I, believe, right it. I believe it. I believe it
1: she's like, I'm just, I'm sorry. It's just like, I know it's terrible. I have to, I just have to share it. It's just awful. I know. Please don't judge me. And I was like, it's literally my job not to judge you. What is it? I thought she was going to tell me where she hit hit a foot or something.
0: She said her child annoyed her. (laughs) We've been fed this propaganda. And I do think, you know, and I, and you and I both work on social media and I think that it's a really powerful tool. And, you know, when I see that, like, you're like, you have like a million followers and I like really thank God for that. I'm like, okay, this is a person who like is educating the masses and is being real. And there are people who are just selling us absolute nonsense. You're garbage. That it's supposed to be pleasurable all the time that this is our, this is our, um, our, our only worth in the world that I mean, absolute that, that we have to look a certain way while doing it all, all the while they have, you know care in the background they have Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of privilege their lineage in and of itself is not bogged down by trauma you know like there's a real there's a real push to just feed women garbage
1: and it's so frustrating because the whole thing is if you have it's amazing. Like some people don't have the the village they deserve. So I'm like, well, see if we can outsource it. You can purchase a village, honey. Stimulate this economy a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also feel like the transparency of sharing that is helpful because when you're yes. out here and you're making it seem like it's so simple none of it is simple, but you're saying like, just do this or just do that. And you don't say, and I am able to do that because I have a cleaning person who comes in weekly. We've identified someone to help us with laundry. I have an amazing support system. You know, let people know that it's normal to ask for help instead of making them think that it's typical to not feel overwhelmed. And even when you're outsourcing, also identify that like, you still may find that it's not enough. And that's also okay. You just like you mentioned on social media, you'll have people who will just act like it's that simple. And it's not, it's never going to be that simple. Children, they need so much. You are the only person that they've known their entire life. You are their anchor, right? Mm -hmm. Like my children literally look for me in every single space. Mm -hmm. That's a huge responsibility to always have someone needing you. And it's also exhausting. You can be touched out because they're physically touching you. You also can be emotionally touched out at the aspect of having to be responsible. My husband mentioned he told my mom, like, uh, I pulled up in the garage and my mom was in town. And she was like, oh, is Raquel here? I thought I heard the garage. And he said, yeah, sometimes she'll just sit in her car for like 15 minutes. And she said, "She said I told your husband, can you blame her? As soon as she comes in there, all of y'all are at her. Even the dog is right there. She, oh, the she said, yeah, of course. And he was just like, "Um, you know, I wasn't, he, he didn't really think about it that way. And he was like, well, yeah, the kids will come up and they'll run up to him and say hi. But then they're like, you know, back to mommy. We just wanted to tell you, hey, <laughs> but like we're going back to
0: mommy. <laughs> but you also, also got to get your head in the game, right? Like you got to you have yeah. sort of like sort of shave off the day and then get your head in the game because you are parenting in a totally different way than you did than you were parented. So the yeah. programming is totally different. My knee-jerk reaction, I was just saying before we like started the conversation in earnest, was like I get offended when when my kids don't want me, and like that's not. <laughs> And I said, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) And that's not what we're doing here. I have to take a minute. I have to like really think about it. That doesn't make any sense. I actually don't really want them all over me all the time. Yeah. So I I think like when you're, when you're breaking generational patterns, Mm -hmm. like you need 15 minutes to yourself. Of course you do because your knee jerk is going to be what we've already done, what we've already known. Yeah. Right. Like, and I know that you also deeply respect children that takes a lot of work
1: it does and you know people don't get that sometimes people are like you know someone i mentioned this post about how you know i always ask my children if i can give them a hug or give them a kiss um for my oldest it used to be yes all the time now not so much like he he sometimes will give me a hug it'll be like one out of ten times so let me give him a kiss and i asked first and i commented i made a video like it is hard respecting consent because i want cuddles when I want them. And he tells me no. And I was like, you know, I don't, you know, don't play up the manipulation. I don't cry in front of him. I go and cry in the corner like an adult. Cause that's what you do because you don't, want them to
0: think.
1: you don't want them to think that like, as long as someone turns up the dial, you have to sacrifice your needs for their own. Like I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. It sucks. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I literally think all day, I just want a hug from this boy, but I also don't get used to being thinking like, okay, well, as long as they provide more justification, I need to sublimate my needs over theirs. And someone commented like, forget that. I'm an old school parent. I'm going to do what I do. And I did a post and I was like, you know, don't say old school when you mean disrespectful. Right. Because my mom was old school and she she respected my wishes as well. It's not old school. It's like not respecting your child. That's not, that's not synonymous. You know, there are many people who are old school parents and they're like, oh, I'm old school. I listen to what my child says. No, you know, like some people are saying old school, but they're meaning like disrespectful, um, disparaging and invalidating. And um, to be honest, it is easier. It's easier to parent out of fear than out of respect. Yeah. It's easier to do that. It takes more time to take a breath and respect your child's wishes and realize that you're going to have to play the long game so that they can understand it. I want my child to be so steeped in respect that when someone disrespects them, it's so immediate that they're like, "What the heck is this? I'm telling my mom right now. I'm yeah. telling my dad right now because there is no way that was appropriate. They have never treated me like that." I want mm-hmm. them to be so steeped in understanding and respect and people are uh, validating their feelings and and consent that when it doesn't happen, a flash automatically goes off. Like, I want mm-hmm. them to just know that because they're not going to be around us all the time. You know, they need to know that in their home base, anything that go against the values that we have set, that's a problem. And I need to tell someone, I need to let my family know how I need to exit. Like, I want, that's mm-hmm. what you're, that's what you're doing. You're coming up with this platform of this secure base that they understand that like, what do you mean you don't care about my feelings? That's a weird statement. I need to go find my parents. You're nuts. Okay. <laughs> you
0: know, like, you know, like, that's what it that is. Nuts. No, that's nuts. That's, that's totally not- nuts. Like, when we are in relationship with people who disrespect us, yep. the idea of trying to make it work, trying to make it work, trying to make it work, that's when we're like, oh, they're nuts. And now I'm nuts too. <laughs> the, real thing, the real thing is, I got to turn around and tell my safe space, like, hey, I don't think that person is kind i don't think they're respectful I don't, no. I don't like them in fact i don't need their validation i don't like that that's what i hope for my children also
1: yeah i want them to be like what do you mean you're not going to listen to what they say that's weird not a fan i don't mm. i don't need that because they're so used to people respecting them and the thing is what i think a lot of people think your children will walk all over you no but if my child can't critically think with me because as someone who like is a licensed clinical psychologist hundreds of patients, from assessment um, all the way to like IEP plans to therapy. One of the things that people don't understand is you can have this like crystallized intelligence. Anyone can memorize stuff. Anyone can memorize facts. But what children, what adults need is the ability to critically think. And critically thinking means if I talk to you about consent and we discuss it, you you don't only understand consent in this one narrative. You're able to apply it to other strategies, right? that's what they need and the only way to do that is to have conversations and to allow them to ask questions does that mean they're going to walk all over you no but my child does go toe-to-toe with me every day and if they're not comfortable asking me questions when they feel uncomfortable how am i going to feel how am i going to feel safe letting them out into the world like i genuinely would not feel safe letting my child in the world if i made them think that secrets were okay were okay people can talk over you as long as they're an adult. And even if it makes you feel uncomfortable or unsafe in your body, they're allowed to do it. That's what makes for overprotective parents. If you're not really understanding the values that you're having in your child, if you're not allowing them to question, if you don't know them well enough to know that if they're uncomfortable, they're gonna ask for help or mm-hmm. ask for a question or look for an adult, of course you're gonna be overprotective. You're not setting them up for success like you mentioned. Like I I would never let my, be able to let my child out of my sight if I didn't really lead with respect. Because mm-hmm. obedience builds, you know, resentment. Respect builds relationships. And obedience is parenting out of fear. And it is easier. It's easier to make kids uh, fear you. But is that what you want? You want them to just blindly follow an adult due to hierarchy? Do you know well, how we dangerous
0: know where that, that is? We know where that is. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's very bad. I mean, I mean if, if we're going to be explicit, it, it leads to... There, sexual abuse. I mean, I think there's... I think it does.
1: I, I I worked at many sexual assault centers. I, I specialize in, in sexual trauma and assault, family and traumatic stress. Um, and it's, it's not even solely sexual assault. It's emotional abuse. It's physical abuse. And I haven't met an adult that I was working through emotional difficulties, acknowledging their feelings, even feeling safe in their body that didn't have some semblance of obedience built into them as a child, that didn't have some aspect of verbal or emotional abuse or even physical as a child right like it's hard for you to find your voice when you're constantly told it doesn't matter and they deal with this as adults i mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever had a patient who as an adult has difficulty building relationships with others acknowledging that they need a relationship with themselves and their childhood was totally respectful everyone mm-hmm. was there for them everyone listened to them they were allowed. that's I, I have not seen that there's always some aspect of oh yeah i have difficulty Knowing what I'm feeling because I was always told my feelings don't matter, or I was too young, or I shouldn't be, you know, asking questions because I'm a child, or you pay attention and you respect adults, even when they don't respect you. Like, childhood is the only time where people are literally able to assault you, and, you know, physically hit you, and you're just like, well, I mean, you're a child and it's not developed, it's not appropriate for you to know how to do better. So I'm going to hit you instead of talking to you about it. Childhood's the only time because if you hit an adult, you're getting charges pressed, you know, like, it's just very, it's very odd.
0: <laughs> it's so odd. It's so odd. Well, it's also in secrecy. Like if a child is being hit um, and we know about, about it, then, you know, charges will be pressed, but it's, it's all happening. No one knows what happens behind closed doors. No. Right? no. So, so we have to be an in integrity in and of ourselves to know that like, we are respecting our, our children. Uh, their their body autonomy their their feelings all of that because mm-hmm. literally this is all this is all behind closed doors a, a sort of you know enclave in, into itself people can hit children i mean it's so crazy
1: it's just so crazy and you know what social media has shown their old,
0: yeah. old school
1: yeah oh. people <laughs> mention the fact that like you know I feel like a lot of times people record stuff that they're okay with it, that they're proud of. But one thing that I'm, in, I'm seeing more of is like people will mention like stuff behind closed doors, but they're filming it. And it's because they're comfortable with it. And then they'll be like, well, I didn't record this to hear everybody's comments. And it's like, you recorded this because you were clearly proud of this. And what you're doing is abusing your child. So if you're okay with recording it and letting the world see it, that lets me know how normalized this behavior is in your life, in your child's life. If you have no problem screaming at them and validating them, you know, disparaging them. And you're like, oh, let me pull out the camera. This is some of my best work. I can't imagine what you do off of the camera. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of times that people don't think that talking negatively to your children is inappropriate. And I'm not saying it's going to be sunshine and rainbows every single second, uh, but parenting teaches me more about me than it will ever teach me about my child. It is exhausting. I need to know how I am right before I get touched out so I have someone to tap out, or I'm going to raise my voice I'm going to be irritable and I'm not going to be the person that they deserve. And that's why you need breaks. My children cannot get the mother that they deserve. My husband can't get the wife that he deserves. I don't get the person that I deserve if I'm around my kids all the time, because I always tell them, I, I really want to miss you today. Allow me the pleasure of missing you. So you have to go to you know to school, you know. but there's no way for them to get the person that they deserve, the person that is able to regulate themselves so that you can co-regulate them because they don't have the emotional regulation skills you're regulating yourself and then you're going to co-regulate them you're gifting that to them that's how it's supposed to be but if you're around them all the time that's not going to happen and i think so many times parents think the only way for me to be a good parent is to be around my child 24 7. and i'm always like what if i told you that is actually the exact opposite the only way for you to be a good parent is to get some time away So, that you can have silence and enjoy yourself. And there's nothing wrong with if you wanna be around your children 24 7. But my question is do you actually wanna be around your children 24 7 or do you feel like a bad person if if you're not? So, you just automatically like line up for every single thing. Do you genuinely not want any interest? You genuinely don't want time to just read or even just eat food hot. That's genuinely what you think is appropriate. I don't think that's true. I think most of the time people feel as though that's the only option. and they're, they're going scared, to yeah. it. out or they're scared right they're scared. so even like though, they had the information <laughs>
0: okay, that's right well, to be a bad mom but also they have the information that we were were sort of um bouncing back and forth earlier which is like the world isn't always a safe place people aren't always kind so they're yeah. afraid so they overparent right and and that's an understandable that's an understandable respond, but, response but we can't parent from fear
1: yeah and you parent out of a bunch of different fears. I deal with a lot of parents who parent out of racism-related fear, mm. gender-related fear. Whenever you see those videos and they're like, guys, like they don't want daughters. And I'm like, why is that? Is it because you also realize that being a woman in this world is awful? You know, you ever think like whenever you see those and they're like, oh, it's a girl. Why? Is there something wrong with being a girl in this world? Is it tough? I wonder. <laughs> you know, like every single time I'm like, Yeah. Do you ever think about why that, why you have an instant fear of having a girl? Is it right, because, because, of, the way,
0: college? because <laughs> of the way they treated women? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and that they have to like sort of deal with that. Maybe, 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 maybe that's it. Yeah. Every single time I'm like,
1: huh. It's almost like being a woman in this world is tougher than they say.
0: Mm-hmm. Who would yeah. they? <laughs> I, I, um, how do you find parenting two boys actually? Is it is it an experience in and of itself, or do you, do you not gender them that way?
1: Well, I I don't have any other experience, right? I will tell you, even my mom says like they're super rough. Um, mm. My 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 husband and my both of them, my husband and my oldest wrestle, um, which is typical. I actually used to love wrestling
0: when it was good, I, but I, I I wrestle with my um, my son. He, see, it. so it's um, difficult. I, I'm more physical than my my husband is, but. He's That's he's very so I'll be
1: holding my son before he could walk and stuff like that. And he'll just be looking at them play fighting and he is just ready to go. Like he yeah. he like I can literally see him being like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait. Whereas I'm just like, no. I'm not here. <laughs> now I will read whatever book you want. We will have all the books and arts and crafts, but I'm I'm not here for it. I don't like I don't like it. And it's crazy because I used to play rough with my husband all the time, but now I'm just like to the point where his parents were like, You guys play too much. And I'll be like, what? It's fun. That was youth. Now I'm like, listen, listen, listen. If I don't finish this page, I'm going to lose it. All I want to do is read this page. You and I'm always like, go power bomb that because their whole thing is power bombing each other. It was like power bomb dad dad in the living room. Mama is in the front room. Just let me read this book. Power bomb dad dad in the living room. Or even just having to come up with strategies of just being like, he's like, oh mama, this is like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm going to power bomb you. And I'm like, nope. Mama doesn't like being powerbombed. And he's like, okay, right, right. I'm going to powerbomb Jaden.
0: Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> teaching him consent. You're teaching him I know, like, it's okay, like, I, don't like have, I have body autonomy. Autonomy. Mommy has uh, body autonomy. Like we can still love each other and it could still be no.
1: And it's a no, right? But he mm-hmm. goes down the list. I'm going to power bomb Jaden. Nope. Well, Jaden's too small to be slammed on his head. Okay. Uh, I'm going to power bomb Maddox, who is our dog. Nope. Well, Maddox doesn't like it either. And he's like, I'm going to power powerbomb Dad." Yes. Because dad, that's okay with it. Like even just being like, no, or even telling, telling my son, like, uh, he's my, my youngest is actually only really affectionate with me. Mm. Everyone else. Um, he's like, listen, unless you birth me, do not try to cuddle with me. I will go off. But my oldest is very cuddly. Um, so before my oldest, before my youngest was saying no, you could tell he was saying no, though he would push and he would say, uh. So I told my son, I was like, we have to respect his no. And no isn't always going to be the word no, right? Because he wasn't saying no yet. Right. He would just like push or you could see his face. So I would try to bring attention to his cues. I would be like, you see his face is scrunched up. That means he doesn't like it. Or do you see he's moving away? That means he doesn't like it. So I always say we respect, our, we respect each other's no, but we have to respect what the, our words are saying and what our body is saying. Because for the longest, he wasn't saying no. Um he yeah. would just be like, Well, he's not saying no, Mama. And I'm like, that is a very good point. He doesn't know how to say it yet. So now we just, you know, I'm just like, his face is scrunched up. He's moving away. When he got a little bit bigger, he'll just he'll just slap the crap out of my oldest. Um, and <laughs> just be like, I said no.
0: <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's an it's an opportunity actually with babies and animals to like really teach um uh, nonverbal. Nonverbal cues, yeah, yeah. Because actually, don't they say that like it's ninety percent of the way we are interacting is nonverbally? It's a good chunk because like most it's of the time, chunk. maybe not yeah, ninety, but either way, like we're crazy. picking up on There's cues. No like I, I'm, I, even even in this in this interaction, like we have our hands, we have our faces, like we're, yeah. we're picking up on like where the vibe is going. I feel like with babies and with. Animals, we have that opportunity to teach our kids. Like, actually, it's not even about, let's say I don't know, like, I'm in France.
1: You and know, I don't know like, the language. Yeah. I don't
0: know the language. So I can still communicate with other sentient beings and know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate.
1: Because if children will do anything, it's find a loophole. Because the first thing he said was, he mm-hmm. didn't say no, mama.
0: And I'm funny. like, oh, you're right. What's you're not? right. He's smart. He's your son. You're right. He, he, he did not say no. I need to come at this a different way. <laughs> he does, he, he's got those, you did teach him those critical thinking skills. By the way. I did. He didn't. he didn't say no,
1: mama. And I'm like, okay. So we talk about that. And since they are super rough, and a lot of times he does want me a lot of the time, even just normalizing that I'm not always going to want to hug you. Um, my old He says he needs space when he needs it because I say I need space when I need it because um, hmm. I don't like the aspect of having to sacrifice Not every time. Like sometimes I'll give him a hug when he wants it and I don't want one. But that's still my choice. The automatic assumption that I'm gonna give you a hug even when I don't want one is just like inappropriate. Because children are gonna they're gonna take what you have to offer. They're they're designed to take. That's how they stay alive. But it's up to me to decide how much I put on the plate, right? Like I'm not you to
0: repeat that. I need to no No, I need (laughs) you to repeat it. I need you to repeat it.
1: For me, this is for me. I just want you to know
0: everyone to know this is
1: Children are children are designed to take. It's developmentally appropriate. That's how they survive. It's up to me to decide how much I put on the plate or what I put on the mm-hmm. plate, right? Like I can't offer them like steak and eggs and they be mad when they take my steak and eggs. I can offer you like, here's a piece of an egg and half a hash brown. My steak is in the corner. This is what oh you have. Gosh. to. This is what you have. These are your options. Mm-hmm. But for the longest, especially, I would say like the beginning of the year, I kept like pushing my boundaries back mm-hmm. and then getting upset when they like walked past the boundary that wasn't even there and then i just had to remind myself like well of course they're going to want you all the time and of course they're going to ask for everything why do you keep offering it it was a it was a me thing because i see all these articles about um what to do when someone violates your boundaries and that's not true because no one can violate your boundaries other than you right like a boundary guides your behavior a rule will guide someone else's behavior because someone can violate a rule and your boundaries still hold firm. Mm. Right. Mm. So like the only thing you can control is your behavior. That's why boundaries only guide your behavior. So when someone leads you into an encounter where you violate your own boundaries for them, you have to ask yourself what led to that. Right. Like Mm. I mentioned the fact that I'm sleepy, but my son asked me to read the 50th book of the night. And instead of me saying no and going to sleep, I read another book. Right. So my boundary of being like you get two books, you know, you know, uh, like I'm not going to engage when I'm exhausted or something like that. I violated that boundary. What do I do to figure out how to fix it next time? I have to ask myself questions. What got in the way of me holding this boundary? Was it my relationship with them? Yes. I love my children. Um, You know, I would give them everything right was it the fact that i just didn't feel like going back and forth yes because sometimes maintaining your boundaries takes more time than giving in a lot yeah, of the times exhaustion it does. The, the exhaustion is like tired the
0: feeling, the feeling sc- scattered by the way the, the first thing you said was i feel scattered but the truth is you feel scattered for good reason we're in yeah. the midst of we're in the midst of something pretty deep here you know building yeah. an empire of like values and education and also like rearing two little boys it's it's difficult it, I mean, it right weird, it's scattering it's, uh, and still you showed up by the way just just uh, just uh, you know just wanted to say that by the way still you showed up three minutes early oh yeah but and, also, cute and ready that's, to play it, it's saying that and
1: just knowing that like that's what keeps you going right because like I feel scattered and I also like love what I do and I never really I don't want Like I tell my son, he can do hard things, right? Because there's a lot of things that he's like, oh, this is tough. And I was like, oh, I know it's tough. And it's a good thing you can do hard things. I don't want you to think that because something is difficult, that means it's not for you. Right? Like there's so many corny things that I say. Even when I say them, I'm like, that was so whack. Like, for example, he'll lose a game. Because listen, here's the thing. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you'll lose. But he'll get upset. He used to get upset. And now he'll be like, oh, mama, I lost. And I'm like, that's okay. You can't always win, but you can always have fun. So pretty
0: mm-hmm. Like even I when it. I said it, me
1: and my husband looked at each other and he was like, Whack, but good. Like, you know, like, it was just is it was wack?
0: just so pretty. Is it, is it a t shirt? It's a t shirt. It might as well
1: be. You can't you can't always win, but you can always have fun. I don't want him to think that in order that. to enjoy something, you have to get straight A's or I'm a praise the effort kind of person, right? Like your but my mom always reared me like I want you to put your best foot forward. If your best foot was a C, okay. But I need you to be honest about whether it was. If it was, it was. If it wasn't, it wasn't. Um, I don't want him to feel as though, you know, you only have to either have like a solid, huge, amazing product or only be like extent, only provide um, positives based off of the end goal. You may not always get an A and you're not going to be good at everything. That's just absurd. But I can praise the fact that like, oh, look, you know, your handwriting, You've I see how much better you got on that C. I know that you didn't get the A that you wanted, but look at how much your skills have improved. I saw you studying so much harder. No, you didn't make that goal, but you ran really, really quick and you almost made it. Like, I don't want you to think that you're only praising the end goal because it really doesn't give honor to the work and effort that's put out there. And bottom line, the thought process that you're going to be good at everything is absurd. There are a lot of people out there that are better than you. Does that mean that you don't get to do it? Does that mean that you don't get to enjoy it? I don't want you to think that the only way you're going to enjoy something is if you're 100% amazing at it. There are plenty of things that I love doing and there are people out there better at it than me, but it's not going to stop me from enjoying it. And I think that's what happens all the time. Like It's like, Mama, Mama isn't good at everything, but I like it. You don't have yeah, to be the best.
0: You know, like, you're the best. You're the best at, at being you. Like You are living in your truth. You are living in your purpose. I could cry just thinking about it. Like uh, just I think about your your website and and your your like deep, deep, deep passion to empower your community with mm-hmm. mental wellness. I mean, it is beautiful. You know yourself. That's the best we can do. You know yourself, and right. you're amazing at being yourself. And, and you know what really you need to do that, is, that is if you Yeah,
1: I appreciate that. I was gonna say the only way you can do that is to walk away sometimes, right? Because a lot mm-hmm. of times people will think. The best way to, to parent is to, like, you know, and know everything about your kids, but like, even when, and a lot of times parents don't get this, even when you're not like overtly teaching your children, they watch you all the time, right? They watch how you handle your frustrations and your missteps and your happiness. Um, they watch like what you center in your life. And for them to be able to watch my mom be like, oh, it's a girl's weekend. I love y'all. I'm out.
0: <laughs> you know, like, I'm like mama's killing me. Yes, like your glasses every day. Like they know that like you are expressing yourself. Like what are the glasses gonna be today? I don't know. Can you imagine being your kid? The rest of us yeah. like on on our phones are like well, I mean what color? Like what I love shape? I love them.
1: I tell you what though, my sons do not like lipstick. Oh, okay. so I <laughs> have that, an opinion. He does That's because funny. anytime so anytime I wear lipstick because I was in school forever so i never really got to like do the fun stuff and i'm like dress up is fun like i've always had fun with earrings um, and glasses and hair but i was like oh my god these makeup tutorials are amazing so like starting in my 30s i was like i'm gonna learn how to do like a firm lip so i'll play around with them and anytime my my the youngest will look like how are you going to give me cuddles with those lips but the oldest will also be like why do you have lipstick on and I'll be like, "Mama likes lipstick. Do you like it? I don't. I don't like it." And I was like, "Well, I like it, and everything." I think I, I typically say, "I like it, and everything's not for you. You need help off the car seat." <laughs> you know,
0: like Dr. Martin, we need teachers, We need teachers. <laughs> I like it, and everything's not for you. And you don't always have to win, but you can always have fun. We, you can we, always have fun. <laughs> um. Okay. Listen, I can't log off this call without mm-hmm. asking you provide such beautiful information around raising Black children specifically. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, how do we fortify their mental wellness? How do we remind them how very special and important they are? And um, I know that you go into this on your YouTube page, but if we can give our listeners a taste so they know to please follow Dr. Martin on all the socials and on YouTube and, you know, get your asses there to to learn, but can you yeah. give us a taste of this, of this education? Because I think you do such a beautiful job at it. Oh yeah, of
1: course. Um, I typically tell parents to focus on centering the humanity of black youth because it's dehumanization, deriving children of human qualities and freedoms and adultifying them and not seeing them as children. That's what black children walk through the world with every single day. Um, and I think there's there's typically a mindset with Black youth, and I think it's decreasing a lot, that the world is tough, so I'm going to be tougher, because you can't be around your children all the time, and you're parenting out of racism-related fear, which very much is a generational thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always lived according to the aspect of, like, the world is tough, so I'm... Always going to be a soft space for my children to land. Um, Mm -hmm. I will never treat my children or my husband or any of my family, people in my community, the way that the world treats us because the world treats us terribly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always made it a point to um, foster their freedoms when it comes to speaking what they want to say and allowing them to speak. Does it slow us down? All day. My God. But their agenda is never going to be the same as ours, right? Like that's the thing that's very frustrating for parents. The child agenda is always going to be fun, our agenda is going to be keeping them alive. They don't always link up. Most of the time they don't, right? So like, it, it is more difficult to to try to make sure that we in, incorporate fun or I'll allow them to have some freedoms. Um, a lot of times it would be great. We could wake up an hour later in the day if my son didn't dawdle. Is that going to happen? No. But instead of rushing him, I realized that like, okay, well, enjoy yourself. you got to get up an hour early. What if I told you you could get up at seven, but you act the way you act. So you getting up at six. <laughs> like, you know, so... <laughs> I try to be more flexible. I really, really try to foster um, making sure that they're centered in the majority of spaces and that they understand that they can be in every single realm um, from the artwork to the books. I'm, I had to drop off like a bunch of books at my um, my uh, my my oldest okay. school. Um, yeah, his pre-K, I and it's typical. we live in Nashville, so it's typical to have like there's not many spaces where my son where it looks like my son. But the thing is, teachers have so much work to do and. Um, they already have to come so much out of pocket with their stuff. I I would love it if I didn't have to buy the books, but I'm not going to expect them to buy the books because half of that stuff I know for a fact they bought themselves, right? right. So I make sure that if he's not seeing himself in this classroom, I donate books. Um, I make sure that I provide artwork around, and I also make a, make it a point to educate myself about the things that contribute to this because a lot of times people, especially in the Black community, will think like this is just the way it is. However, we were. We're in a community that never expected us to survive, let alone thrive. Things are changing, but you need to educate yourself on the fact that, like, this is not healthy. It was never meant to be healthy. Um, So it's okay to to state that, like, my parents did their best and it wasn't enough. It's okay to state that I used to use corporate punishment. I don't want to use it anymore. It's okay Mm -hmm. to state that in your own parenting, you're going to grow. And with Black parents, the majority of the time, or parents of Black children, because parents of Black children are not always Black. Um, so that's when you're <laughs> when you're a parent- I know, you
0: know, I know a few of, you know, of the know. listeners who are listening right now, I'm sure of it. Yeah.
1: So uh, I always I, say parenting have a- of Black children. Yeah. Because just because you have a Black child does not mean that you're Black. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just what it is. Um, stating that you also have to center the humanity in yourself, because there's no way to- have humanity for someone else when you never got granted that. You, There's no way, a lot of parents will feel like very triggered with their child crying because they were never allowed to cry. It's not even the fact that it's annoying, but it's, it's, it is annoying, my God. But it's also the fact that like, I was never able to cry. Or when they ask you questions, I was seen and not heard. Or when um, they want some extracurricular activities or they don't want their food and their snacks and stuff like that. And you're like, well, you're getting mad at a child for being hungry because you were told eat or go to bed hungry, right? Like some of the stuff that you're upset at when it comes to your child are things that like were never able to happen with you. So it's kind of like, you're like the audacity. How dare you (laughs) ask me a question that's a valid question so that I can explain myself. I was never able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I always tell parents of black children like, to center the humanity of your children to let them know that they're allowed to have freedoms too because it's very stressful to realize early on that there are certain people who are allowed to like run around and you're not and you don't think it's because of racism you think it's because of race right um so i always state let your children know racism is the problem not race I everyone mean, is I'm not
0: racist like, hmm? t- t- racism is a problem not race like,
1: yeah because sometimes i feel like hard. when i'm working with younger children I, and honestly I feel like in teens it comes to a head, but um, I would deal with these these um, young men and young women, and they had this like smoldering anger of thinking that things weren't fair, and they always assumed that it was because they're black. But it's it's not because you're black; it's because of the racism that's placed on black people. It's not because of you and how you were born; it's because of systemic aspects of oppression and racism and prejudice and bias and the way that's imparted on you, right? And to separate those two lets you know that it's a system issue. And it's mm-hmm. not a you issue. It's not because you were born Black. It's because some for some people, being born Black means something to them that is not what it means. So it takes away the aspect of, oh, this is a me thing versus this is a world thing. And I still need to walk in the way I want to. I'm still allowed to have my freedoms. I just also need to be aware that some people will respond different ways and plan accordingly. But a lot mm-hmm. of people, of some youth, they think it's, oh, it's because I'm Black. Nope, mm-hmm. that's not it. It's because of racism. Mm-hmm. That's not because you're Black. That's a other person thing. So I try to tell people to focus on that be aware of that educate yourself and listen to your children um because they're you know they're it's it's it's, it's I, I was listening to um the uh podcast with nina westbrook um and it's uh, i think it's called the relationship it's called the relationship chronicles and uh her husband russell westbrook mentioned that it is like the most awesome roller coaster being a parent yeah. and she was like and she's a therapist too and she was like you know that's a really good way To describe it, when people ask me about parenting, I typically say, oh, it's amazingly awful. Like Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's amazing Mm -hmm. and it's awful. Like last night, the other night, my husband, my youngest had dairy and then my other one, like, so like at the end of the night, the things that I saw before I went to bed and you know, it's nose running season and it's like, it's, I'm like, it's just butts and noses and I'm supposed to eat. It's butts and noses. (laughs)
0: It's just it's actually on, on like a bodily level, by the way, I felt this way the second I, I got pregnant. Like on a bodily level, this whole thing is gross. Like this is just like It's the gross what? is it not? Danielle, is it not? Like, it's
1: the grossest thing in life. Parenting is disgusting. On
0: like a bodily level, like we're just walking yeah. blood. We're shit, pissed. It's music. not. Oh, screaming, that's the screaming also is just the mess. It is on a physical level gross and Mm -hmm. on a spiritual, emotional, purpose driven level. It is, it's a high. From the second (laughs) I was pregnant, I felt that way. Like, like this is physically disgusting. Like. I'm taken over by a parasite going to be a person oh, one day. I mean, this is like ET stuff. It's so weird. They come out, by the way, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful baby. Meanwhile, they're like reptiles. You
1: know? He's just like, oh, when did they start? He said, I have to remember. When did they
0: start looking normal again? And I'm like, don't you talk about my baby like that? Exactly. exactly. My my babies are gorgeous. That is my baby. How dare you? They're just like reptilian, like they're aliens barely this having world, their eyes open there's 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 a lot going on there but like then on this other it's not no there's no middle ground there is no, no middle ground it is both disgusting and like wildly fulfilling yeah. i mean just like absolutely gorgeous all at once it's is how and yeah that's that's i'm just i'm with you on this it and that really, happened all last night
1: yeah so, i typically and i'll just be like and i'm supposed to sleep and not have nightmares after what i've seen it's really like that because everybody has their thing i can deal with a bunch of bodily fluids but snot has always grossed me out oh i'm um, so
0: sorry this is terrible this is gonna be you live in nashville that's okay i do and it's, it's
1: one of the first places in the world yeah. like um and it's even it's even a thing with my mom because my mom's thing her thing is snot and if you had if you sniffed around her it was just like, she'll either look at you or she'll just say, go up and blow your nose. So like the fact that my son will just like, and I'm just like, it's just, so, it's just so nasty. It's amazing. And I will also state, however, I will also say like to all the parents out there, it is okay if one of those moments outweighs the other. If you're in a realm of like the awful outweighing the amazing. There is nothing wrong with you. Being a parent is one of the most difficult jobs that will ever be out there. And stating that like everything is awesome when it's not is is the surest way to not get the resources you need. Because sometimes people think that we're okay and we're not. And one thing about me and my platform, I'll straight be like, I'm down bad. Okay. It's rough. Yeah.
0: Um, well, so you're it's your to today. Bad. Yeah. I'm like who are you today? You're like I am a scattered person didn't even show up, showed up minutes early to play <laughs> yeah but you know, literally. But like i'm still here i'm having a good time go I'm wearing my glasses and my wearing earrings, my and my earrings. but i'm scattered I, I I mean, you're honest you're honest i think that's like... thing.
1: i very much think like i heal and put like some people come to me for mental health some people come for me black identity stuff but a lot of times i'm like i heal in public to help those heal in private i very much do not care because here's the thing mm-hmm. Uh, my mom put it instilled an aspect of emboldening and empowerment in me. So I'm just like, I mean, if you don't like it, okay, like, I don't care. Like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to do with that, honey? That's not going to change my day. I still said it. <laughs> You're talking to someone who millions of degrees, legit sprained my pinky, sprained my pinky toe because I walked into a wall while being distracted. Four toes went one way. One toe went the other and legit oh. was just like, And my husband was like, oh, we got to figure, you know, you can't really do anything for a sprained toe. My biggest thing was like, oh, I have an event and I have to have my feet out and I can't get a pedicure. And I don't have a pedicure. I plan on wearing closed toe shoes. And he's like, I feel like there are other priorities, like the fact that your toe is sprained. And I said, I feel like the main priority is that now I have to have my feet out and my feet are not done. Focus. I'm like, focus.
0: Okay. my priority is mine, mine, mine. Yes.
1: I said, I said, listen, sir. That's you're being insane. This is aesthetically unpleasing.
0: We can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) really are aesthetically unpleasing. I just want to say my son has like some toe toe infection right now and (laughs) um, but we're going to get through it and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I can't believe an hour has gone by. This is great. This is fun. I mean, it's a great start to my day. I don't know what month it is for you friend who's listening, but right now it's September. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be following Dr. Martin on TikTok and Instagram. Can you tell us more about where we can follow you, what your handle oh, yeah. is, what's up next, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yes. So my handle is Raquel Martin, PhD, everywhere. Uh, I am on TikTok and Instagram. I'm trying to do more longer form content on YouTube, but YouTube is, uh, is tough. Like anytime I do a short video, people are like, we need more nuance. And then I do YouTube and they're like, just kidding. We're not going to go there
0: because we don't like but, YouTube. <laughs> no, I actually loved your YouTube and 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 when you were you talked about um, identity hey, development, ethnic identity development. I, mm-hmm. I I really related to it. I learned a lot from it, and also I, I learned a lot about like the black community in that mm-hmm. in that um I guess it was fifteen minutes, and I learned a lot about your perspective. I just want to advocate for your long form content, even if it's not. Never- I know I know even if there are 100 views just by the way like I I'm one of those 100 the the person listening Thank to you. this. You know like we really we really care. And so the millions of people who want to hear the 1 minute, bless them. Bless them. They probably yeah. have other things going on but like whatever. Maybe you have other things to do but your longer form content is is powerful. And that one video I wish I remember the name. Well, just go 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 to the YouTube. <laughs>
1: that's the goal i literally only got on social media because my patients i would be like hey your homework between session like follow you know not follow people but get some additional resources and they're like there's no one who breaks stuff down the same that's why i keep not doing my homework and i'm like okay fine okay mm-hmm. well i'm just gonna record these little videos and then i was like oh people actually watch these things yeah yeah like I so i would say that um i'm bringing back my podcast i do mind your mental podcast i took a huge hiatus Um, On the second season, you can actually hear my youngest in the background. Um, And then I was like, oh, you know, I really miss doing the podcast thing. So that'll be back in mid-October. But the first two seasons are out there. Um, First season is all about people sharing their aspects of mental health. I have interviews every single week. And the second season is more shorter where I'm providing like some additional information and like content and like typical Dr. Martin Transparency. One of my episodes is called Shift Happens and I'm talking about moving to Nashville and how I'm about to rip my hair out. And I'm like, this is so hard, y'all. I can't find a house. If I have to go look at another open house, I am going to lose it. This is ridiculous. This, it's awful. Yeah. Um, but I would say, yeah, that's it. Um, more so just leaning into that. I'm hoping to try to do some more workshops and stuff like that. But honestly, the only thing I'm thinking of right now, truly, is getting an eight foot skeleton for my front yard for halloween Halloween, because i bought one and apparently it's indoor and Mm -hmm. um my my oldest is devastated uh so that's that's the the only thing in my mind like how the flip am i gonna get this eight foot thing by friday so that you know he can have the scary skeleton the thing is super creepy but he was just like i want that one
0: dr martin i really love that we can go so macro and so very micro (laughs) Um,
1: all at once you got to you, gotta, um, you gotta be able to, to transition. You know, I we got to really. talk about policy and snotty noses. I mean, what wait, else wait. is there in life?
0: This is this is motherhood. <laughs> this is motherhood. <laughs> this is motherhood. Um, okay, friends, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. You can follow me at Daniella Rabani on Instagram. That's really where I hang out most. But, um, ooh, wasn't this good? <laughs> more about it, leave a review. Share with others, please, please, please. Okay, be well, bye. Bye. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. My name is Daniela Rabani. I am your host. And I would love to continue this conversation at Daniela Rabani on Instagram. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review, share this podcast, I would be just really grateful. Catch you next time every Tuesday on the Mom Curious Podcast, produced by Hoff studios you can find them at Hoff studios on instagram as well all right have a great day